there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe air? A light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Welcome to our first episode. I'm here with my friend Tracy. And I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking the many intricacies of this incredible series. Today we're going to do an overview of the magic system that runs central to the series. But before we do that, we're going to share a little information about ourselves and why we chose to do this podcast together. We won't do this every episode, but since this is our first recording, we figured you might like to know a little bit more about us, your host. Tracy, would you like to <laughs> go first? Yes, I would. Um so I actually remember the day I found this first novel, and I know it sounds like kind of dramatic to put it that way, but I've always been the kind of geek who feels really comfortable inside libraries, and I really was drawn to fantasy novels as a teenager, and I would go to the library, and I would sit on the floor, and I would pull a bunch of books out, and the way that I still choose a book is to like just kind of open it to a random page, and if I read for a little while and it catches me, then I decide that's a book that I want to read. And I did that with The Eye of the World, and I was 14, I think, when I first started reading these books, <laughs> and I am 42 now, so <laughs> they've been with me for almost... 30 years of my life. And I, this sounds so dumb. I still haven't finished reading the series. Like I got really close to the end and I haven't been able to bring myself to read like. Because then the it's, over then it's over forever. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just been such a long series, such a big part of my life. And I definitely had like a big breakup with Jordan at some point where I was like, I want to say it was book nine. And I was just mad. Like, I feel like it wasn't going anywhere. I feel like it was moving too slowly. I'm pretty sure I threw the book across the room. I was so angry. <laughs> but one of my friends convinced me that I should give it another try. And I did. And it was totally worth it. And it just remains like the only set of books in my life, other than books by Tom Robbins, that I have read repeatedly for this long of a period of time. So... Yeah, it's been a minute that I've been a while. Yeah, yeah. Just 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 three decades. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because I basically just started this year. Um I don't know, like if if we go way back, like way, way back when Amber was just little girl Amber, <laughs> like you know, I mean, if you've grown up in the United States and went to school, you know, like the scholastic book fairs. Get like this little list and your parents kind of like, here's $10, buy what you want. And I think I was maybe in, I want to say third or fourth grade. And I started reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And that I think was maybe my first uh, like dive into like fantasy type stuff. Also, this is like probably really embarrassing, but also when I was really little. <laughs> no, it's not embarrassing. It's cool. Okay. 
It is uh, cool. Whatever it is, whatever yeah. you're about to say, it's going to yeah. be cool. <laughs> but like all the YA stuff, like I really liked when I was a little kid. This is so cheesy. Those Animorph books, you know, like the memes of the people like changing into like animals. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Books. And um, for like a for like a young author series, that was actually really, really dark. Like if my parents knew what was in there, I'm not sure. But so, yeah, yes. I started out pretty young with some more like sci fi and fantasy type books. And um, fast forward to um, HBO when HBO aired Game of Thrones, I think when they got into the second season. Um, I was like, oh, this is a book series. So mm-hmm. I got the first book that that's titled Game of Thrones. And I just devoured it. Mm-hmm. And for my birthday, my boyfriend at the time had got me the whole set. So up until the most recent book, which, um, you know, I, I went through it really, really fast. And of course, you know, we don't have an ending to that yet. <laughs> So, um, still waiting. Yeah, still waiting. <laughs> and um, fingers crossed. But yeah, so um, after that, I think I was just looking for something to fill the gap. And so I just quick, you know, Google searched best fantasy series, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the Wheel of Time is on that list, but I feel like it always comes with a disclaimer like, it's a great series. But, like, you have to be willing to go through, like, thousands of character chapters and 14 books. And so, like, be prepared. So I got Eye of the World and really liked it. And I kept going up until The Great Hunt. And that book ends on such an amazing, like, crazy high note Mm -hmm. that I kind of just... um, after I finished it, I thought I'm just going to kind of take a break because, you know, it left on like such a high, high, high note. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll come back to it because who knows, like maybe after this, it won't have as much, you know, excitement or something. And then fast forward to me and you texting. Um, Mm -hmm. We probably hadn't talked in over a year or so. Um, Yeah. And obviously, uh, I I live in a different country, so it's kind of hard to (laughs) reconnect with people sometimes with the time differences and whatnot. So we set up a phone date and we were talking, you know, what are you up to? What have you been up to? What are you doing? And I said, well, I've been reading a lot. I just finished like the Expanse series and I'm looking for something else now. And Tracy was like, well... Um, my favorite book is this series. It's 14 books long. And, and then I was like, oh my God, are you talking about time? And up until that point, I think, um, I had asked you, you know, like, how does it go? I'm, I've only done the first two and you're telling me, no, it's good. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So I went back to book three and then it's been nonstop since that point. And I'm still not finished yet, but I'm, I'm getting closer to the end now. And yeah, you've been plowing through it so yeah. fast. <laughs> so fast. It's good. And of course, there's a couple, you know, like you said, you got to a point where you had to take a break because you're like, oh my God, where is this going? Yeah. 
and I, I have to agree, but after knowing, you know, like there is an ending to this, that it mm-hmm. will get to an end, then I'm, then I'm like, okay, I just have to like get through this chapter. Like, God damn it. More white cloak chapters. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking white cloaks. <laughs> the worst. They are the worst. Definitely one of my least favorite like <laughs> groups of the whole series. Like anytime the white cloaks get mentioned, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. There's some, I don't know. There's, you know, there's so many minor characters that will get, you know, a point of view chapter. And it's hard because you you almost sometimes have to like look it up and just see like, who is this again? What? Mm-hmm. I don't remember this name and the names can be so crazy. So it's hard. And when you go to look something up online, you have to be so careful because I spoiled myself in a major, major way, looking up a character that I really liked. And then it's like, uh oh, I did the same thing. Uh-oh. And I'm pretty sure for us, it's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> and when I found out, I ended up like, setting my phone off to the side <laughs> and just sitting there for a little while like being sad and I won't say who who the character is but it really like yeah it I really upset mm-hmm. me yeah and yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same yeah I wanted to see what she looked like I was like oh I want right? to see fan art she said yeah, or beautiful. what <laughs> yeah or like just like things that you forget about certain characters because so often you can go through the book and you don't hear from certain characters for a while or some characters have like really similar names or like there are just so many people crowded into one group that they all just kind of run together and so that was something that I'm really thankful now reading them that I can look stuff up online and for the most part it doesn't spoil things for me because I've read like up to like the last half of the last book I, I promise I will finish the last book. Like I'm reading through the series again. I just got to Lord of Chaos, which whew, that that book. It's a it's a yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say because I don't want to have any spoilers here. But holy crap! Oh my god, this book. It's yeah, just, it's like a punch um, to the gut. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I found this um, app online. It's called, the, I think, the Wheel of Time Compendium. Mm. But you can go in and put, like, what book you're in and then type in a character's name. And then it'll give you, like, a spoil-free, like, update on, like, who this person is and what they're Ooh. up to. So it's I, an app? Yeah, yeah. I want that. It's pretty good. And I think I just typed in Wheel – W-O-T or Wheel of Time in the app store and it came up. But oh, I want that. <laughs> no, it's really good. But I mean, I probably I hopefully, you know, when I if I if I get through everything, I'm sure I will very soon because I can't stop reading. But yeah, hopefully I won't need it much longer and I can just um I know this sounds crazy, but like after you uh, get so far through the series, you're like, well, do I, should I probably read it again? Because I know I missed out on so much stuff. I know I did. I mean, yeah, it would change the whole view of how you see things. Yeah. When I was, when I was younger, like I would have to wait for the new ones to come out. So I think when I started reading them, oh yeah, I want to say it was maybe up to maybe book three, maybe book four. I don't remember. 
And so what I would do was I would, I would know like the next book would be coming out. And so I would start rereading the series okay. to like, okay. feel like I would be up to speed. But then I think I got to like the fifth or sixth book and I was like, I can't, I don't have, I don't have the time I need to like reread every single book before I read the new one. And so I, I stopped doing that. I think that's why I know the first few books better than I know the later books. Yep. If you've gone through them multiple times, then yeah, obviously. (laughs) But yeah, I'm already like thinking about it like, oh, okay, maybe I, maybe I'll go back and start over, I guess. I don't know. That sounds crazy. But I mean, welcome to the Wheel of Time world. I think it's pretty normal for people to be like, well, going back, you know? Yeah. See you you later. (laughs) I do. I I do think it's that kind of series that just like pulls you in and has you wanting to know more and like kind of deep dive into a lot of the things that happen because like we talked about one section in the fourth book where it's just like really confusing and it feels like what the fuck is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And unless you go back and like read that again, it's hard to like follow that. Yeah, you'll miss so, out on so much going forward and then you'll just be yeah. lost. <laughs> and you yeah. don't want to be lost because then you have to look online and then you'll spoil <laughs> yourself. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like I feel like I've read through them enough and I I've lost track of how many times I've read the series through and I'm reading it again now. So, and I will still go back and start reading it again when we go back to recap the book <laughs> because yes, I will. Of course yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for like what we're going to be doing for our recaps and we'll talk about that like mm-hmm. closer to the end of the show, but Yeah, I think our introductions to the series and like how it's kind of like grabbed us is something that most Wheel of Time fans can really relate to. And I know for myself, I have been wanting to see this as a movie or a TV show for years. (laughs) Yeah, and now that they're doing it, like I remember when Game of Thrones ended, I don't think I had heard anything about the Amazon Prime TV show, but I remember telling my my son Aiden because he and I watched Game of Thrones together and he was all bummed out that it ended and I was like well maybe somebody will yeah. pick up the Wheel of Time series and there are going to be all of these Game of Thrones fans who are just jonesing for something yeah. that is high fantasy and really complicated and intricate mm-hmm. and if they do it like and they do it right mm-hmm. then it's going to be amazing so I was like like I, I'm kind of a I'll believe it when I see yeah. it kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm really excited that Amazon Prime has picked it up and they're going to turn it into a show. And I think, are they done filming season one? I am not sure. I think. Yeah. The, I think the last thing that I heard was just with coronavirus, they had to take a break in filming. But mm-hmm. it looks like from some of the cast members, like Instagram pages and Twitter and whatnot, that they're back in. Prague filming possibly hmm. I don't know maybe they'll be finishing up soon I'm I'm really not sure yeah if someone knows if someone knows all the hot <laughs> gossip gossip like let us know and let, let us know. know where we can find it because I keep looking for stuff on this and I don't know I'm just not finding what I'm looking for 
It seems only natural that for a podcast called The Road to Tarvalon that we would start our show out with an introduction and explanation of the Aes Sedai. I know I've been obsessed with them since I first read the books, and I'm really looking forward to giving some background information on the One Power and the role it plays in the series. We will do our best to keep this spoiler-free for people who are interested in the books but haven't read them yet or who haven't read them all the way through. Today should be spoiler-free. If anything comes up, we will be sure to flag it for you. We're going to lean pretty heavily on the Wheel of Time wiki for much of the information that we're about to unload on you. Uh, If you feel like we've gotten something wrong, please call us out on it. We're totally welcoming of corrections, and we certainly don't know everything, and we want to build a growing conversation and community. Definitely. Um, And I would like to give a nod to Jordan for creating this group of women who are so powerful in the series (laughs) because like it's not it's not an incredibly common uh, I don't know how I want to say it's not really common for fantasy writers and fantasy novels to like focus in on women and the power that they the big heroes are always the big like burly men (laughs) or like in Tolkien um like the elves and the the dwarves and everything like Mm -hmm. it's primarily a male-centric um story and i just feel like getting through the wheel of time the women are just so powerful whether they're Aes Sedai and can channel or if yes. they're like queens who have like really strong opinions mm-hmm. like there are it just seems like there's no weak females in the series no, no. yeah and i love that like i appreciate that so much cuz i know when i was like young reading it it really hit me that like this mm-hmm. was something different from what I had read before. And I was always like, I want to be an Aes Sedai someday. (laughs) Who doesn't want powers? I mean, come on, really? Yeah. I would like to just lift people up using air because I can or turn a a group of logs into a fire at a campfire. That'd be so much handier. Or you can just like, you know, snap your fingers and someone can't talk anymore. Like instant mute button. Yeah, done. (laughs) Stuff in your mouth, full of air. <laughs> I can't hear you, right? So, yeah, um, I com- I completely agree. That's one of the things that sucked me in. Like, really, I uh, I had already mentioned I had read um, all of the Expanse series. We're still waiting on one more book, but that was something that I really liked about that series. It's you know obviously a little bit more like science fiction, but mm-hmm. you know to have these like powerful, strong, like female characters where they just take no shit. And, you know, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Abasarla <laughs> is amazing. Oh my like, God. <laughs> her and Bobby love them. Just I'm, love them. I stand Bobby. I'm a big Bobby fan. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's the same thing with the Wheel of Time. Like you I think in the first book, you don't really get, you don't get as much of it starting off because mm-hmm. everyone's still kind of, everything's kind of left a mystery. But as you get get going a little bit further, then you're seeing all of these crazy, like wonderful characters mm-hmm. and it, it really sucks you in. Just, just being a woman, you're like, yes, yes, like, mm-hmm. yes, girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Moraine's pretty she's she's one of my favorites. Like I how can you not love Moraine? How? I don't I don't know. I mean Nynaeve hates her. 
which, you know, <laughs> we understand where she's coming from. But, like, other than that, she's she's amazing. I love her. Um, she, she's just trying her best. God damn it. She's just trying her best. <laughs> and she's been on this long journey to, un- like, find the Dragon Reborn. And yes, I like 20 years of trying to find one person like that. Mm-hmm. Like that scouring long- every village, looking, you know, under every rock, just trying yes. to find this one person. Yep. Yeah. It's a. Uh, her dedication is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, maybe that's a good uh, part to like get into like what the Aes Sedai do, what they're, you know, yeah. what makes them, what makes them tick, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have um, Aes Sedai are women who can channel the one power and have been trained in the white tower of Tarvalon uh, and they channel it's Sedar, right? Is that how you say it? That's how I always say it in Sidar. my head. Sidar. Yeah. Um, and they are generally distinguished by what is known as an ageless look, which yes. I think is so interesting. And yes. I'm pretty sure I have. Um, <laughs> you have an ageless look. <laughs> um, and I, I think that that's really neat how like it's, I don't remember, it, it's that's, one of the books says something about how like if you were in a room with them, you would struggle to put them between an age of like 20 to 40, but like mm-hmm. some of them could be like twice that, if not even further yeah. beyond that. Yeah. So, and, and I feel like there's some instances where you wouldn't be able to know how old someone is, but they have like gray hair, but still look yeah. like a child basically. Yeah. And that's yeah, crazy. They have like a really smooth <laughs> appearance to their skin. Like I want to be Aes Sedai. <laughs> I do just for like the skincare quality. <laughs> I could stop putting so much shit on my face if I was. <laughs> it's a totally different form of magic. Um, so yeah, and so they have been known. Like some of them have been known to live for hundreds of years, uh, which is just kind of amazing. Um, and I think one of the things that's really interesting. And I don't want to get too too much into it because it's potentially a spoiler region. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not just women who come to the tower or who are tower trained who can yeah. channel the way that mm-hmm. I said I can. It's just the a, wilders, is, yeah, like the wilders and other people. Not mentioning who, yeah. Um, but there's like the thing about the White Tower is they have this reputation in mm-hmm. the world of the wheel of time of like making Kings and Queens dance to their will. Like yes. people step lightly around an Aes Sedai. Cause like yeah. you don't, these are, these are people you do not want to piss off in any no. way. And in no. certain, and in certain like regions of this world in the wheel of time, there are some people that will just, you know, like bow down to the Aes Sedai. Like they, they know, you know, yeah. but and then other regions, they're almost like a mythical creature from like a storybook mm-hmm. where like you've never encountered one. So, I mean, it, it's pretty cool that, you know, some some people don't even be- like believe in them. They think it's just, you know, a tale. Yeah, it's but, just a, it's a, a fairy story. Yeah, like, it's definitely yeah. real. Yeah. yeah, but the world is so vast, you know, in these books. So you get like so many different characters and their opinions on Aes Sedai and that's really great because some of them you know 
some of them you'll like come to love and some of them you're, you're really not sure about like what their motives are. They get a big time boo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's another thing that I like so much about this, the series is you can get really involved in the characters to like either really like them or really hate them. Mm -hmm. And the Aes Sedai are no different. Like you can really like them or you can really hate them. Yeah. Um, And so they, they have, they channel the five elements. What do they call it? I get, um, I'm not sure if they say elements, but they're always saying, you know, like earth and fire and air and Mm -hmm. spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Fire, air, spirit. Water. Water is the fifth. Yeah. And like women are supposedly stronger in, what is it? Wind and spirit. And men are stronger in fire and earth when they channel. Okay. I think that's right. Okay. You would think for having read this series as many times <laughs> as I have, I would just know these things, but I don't. Um, so yeah, I really like I love that they can they can use those powers to do different things. Yeah. And like I don't want to talk too much about like certain in- instances of what has happened in the books because we're not quite at that point yet. Um, but it's just like I want to I want to be able to do things like that, like to be able Who to doesn't? right. Like, that's why we love Harry Potter or like any, like when I was a kid, I just wanted to be like in, I wanted to find a wardrobe and be in a different world. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like these books do such a good job of like taking you to a different place. And I, I love that's that. That's the reason that like so many girls go through like a witchy phase, you know what I right. mean? Like they want power, you know, like we want yeah. power, God damn it. So, right. yeah, can't, can't we just, you know, girls can be wizards or witches or whatever, in this yeah. world and they're you know they're the ones that make or break things because they are so powerful mm-hmm. it's amazing so i think a good thing to do is kind of explain what the one power is yeah and yeah. uh we actually like found like again was it wiki yeah i believe the so world of time thing yeah it's that thing is so handy yeah like whoever has been working on that it was Props probably a brown it was probably a brown sister <laughs> <laughs> we see you we hear you thank you for your work <laughs> thank you so much for all of your research and for keeping all of the books safe and all of the information yeah. spreading Tarval library wiki everyone yeah love it uh do you want to read this from our little thing from the one power Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The one true power comes from the true source, the driving force of creation, the force the creator made to turn the wheel of time. Sidine, the male half of the true source, and Sidar, the female half, work against each other and at the same time together to provide the force. Sidine is fouled by the touch of the dark one. And they explain it like water with a thick slick of like rancid oil floating on top. So if you're a man that you can channel, it. It's not a good it's not a good place to be because Mm-mm. every time you do try and use this power to channel it, it's essentially kind of making you sick. The water is still pure but it cannot be touched without touching the foulness. Only Sidar, the female half is safe to be used. The true source cannot be used up any more than a river can be used up by the wheel of the mill. The source is the river, the Isidai is the water wheel. And that's a quote from our our favorite Moraine. <laughs> Rain, rain. Um, 
and I think that that's really like that's another thing that's cool is like the men can have like their own Mm -hmm. and the women have their own source from the power Mm -hmm. and the way that this is done robert jordan is some kind of genius i'm just convinced of it how long would it take for someone to come up with all of this like my god right (laughs) it gives me a headache just thinking about it but it's so it's so impressive it's so impressive yes so i love that they're like those two sides of the same thing, but they're still different. Yeah. And in this situation, men are totally screwed if they can yeah. channel. Yeah. Like it wasn't There's... always like that. No. But bad stuff has happened. And now men who channel, it's I'm gonna they, use Aiden's yeah. favorite expression. It's bad news bears. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. No. Yeah. For example, when um the Aes Sedais are always kind of looking for more women that can channel. Mm-hmm. So um, in many cases, they'll send someone out to different villages throughout this world and try and recruit these young women. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes they'll find older women that can channel, but if you're over a certain age, they won't take you to the tower to be trained. Mm-hmm. And some people will get taken to the tower to be trained, but they're not strong enough in the source. So they'll never really go any further and they'll be sent home basically. Mm -hmm. But there are, um, there's this one group of female channelers that within the tower, within the Aes Sedai community, they call them wilders. And they're, they're pretty much looked down on, but it's because somehow on their own they've taught themselves to channel which is really unique Mm -hmm. and these type of women are usually things work a little bit differently for them so sometimes they'll be really extremely powerful but still have problems with like little things here and there Mm -hmm. because they haven't been properly trained so that's what Mm -hmm. they're they're, you know just kind of rolling around through the hills looking at these villages and you know like Hey, little girls, you know, <laughs> can we yeah. do the Yeah, I am with the Wilders. I think it's, I think it's like one in four survive touching the one power on their own without being channeled, which is another reason why the Aes Sedai are always seeking out these girls is because they know that there's a really slim chance they'll survive learning this on their own. And they they want to get like every woman that they can yeah. to yeah to be tower trained yeah because it is dangerous if you channel mm-hmm. much of the source you can like burn yourself out or you know ac- accidentally kill yourself so they you know mm-hmm. they want they want everyone to have like proper training at the tower <laughs> yeah which I mean makes sense and at the same time it's also really self-serving yeah like definitely. the larger the larger their numbers the more power they mm-hmm. have blah 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 yeah, it's basically um, like recruiting an army you know yeah yeah who can do magic mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, would, I would be a part of that army if i could i don't know if there's like a testing for Aes Sedai. i think they just well i mean to become an Aes Sedai, there is but like when they're out looking for mm-hmm. people who can like women who can channel i think sense they can sense they can feel other it. women that can channel. Yeah, they feel, yeah. feel each other kind of. And so they can just be like really close to another person who can channel. And they're like, her. Yeah. She can do it. Yeah. You're coming to the tower. Yeah, you're coming And then when us. you come. Yeah. And it, they're, these girls are usually fairly young. Like, 
I want to say somewhere between like 12 and 14. Yeah. And they're taken to the White Tower and they become novices, which is your first step Mm -hmm. into the tower. And at that point, like you're trained and all the novices, I think it's- Poor novices. They have to like scrub floors and, you know, they they just have to do all the dirty work. (laughs) Yeah. They're like scrubbing pots in the kitchen and it sounds awful because, I mean, you're feeding so many people. So it just has to be- a ginormous responsibility and just awful. It yeah, just they use the, they use the novices as like their workforce within the tower. And then the second step is accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to go through a test for that. Um, and I think I think the only two accepted that we kind of like fall. I don't. I don't want to say their names. That's spoiler time. Mm-hmm. Never mind. But there is like what seems like a really grueling test yeah. to go through. To become an accepted. Is that where they have to go through the Tehran Those arches? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like experience. Something in their past, something in their present, and something in their future. And all of them could be like very terrible, scary situations. And some people yeah. have been known to like not come out, right? Yeah. yeah. They don't come back from this test. Like they get trapped in this kind of like limbo. Yeah. And no one knows. Like, yeah. no one knows what happens to those women. Like, are they still alive but in some sort of weird alternate Realm, reality? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or or are they dead? Like, do they die when the I need, Terangri yeah, is done? Yeah. I need, like, fan theories on this. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone yeah. has fan theories, please send them our way. Yeah. What happens in the Terangriol if the person stays in it? Yeah, and doesn't I would love to know. And then after that, um, after you become accepted, then you go through, I believe, another test to actually Mm -hmm. become an Aes Sedai. And you have to swear on another Tarangriol. We'll we'll get into what this (laughs) word actually means. But you have to swear on something called the oath rod. And basically, after you swear, um, you have to like, it's it's kind of like it's obviously part of the magic system, but you swear that you can't you know ever tell a lie, and that's mm-hmm. something else with the Isodies. If you know they're an Isodie, you know they can't lie. But the thing is, they are really really good at twisting words to not out lie. Yeah, so they can be pretty like tricky, sneaky, depending on you know what the situation is, what you know what it calls for. So not being able to lie doesn't really hold them back from manipulating. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting because you think that someone who can't lie, you should just be able to trust them. Yeah, 100%. You can't, you can't really trust completely what an Aes Sedai tells you. And I think there are like different sayings that pop up throughout the series. And I'm sure we'll find them and talk about them as we go through the mm-hmm. books. but. I just think that that's another really interesting thing about them is like you should be able to trust them, but can you trust right. them? And that's in the back of your head while you're reading because you think, I mean, some of these people are introduced and you're like, oh my God, like this person is awful. Like what a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible person. And as you go on, you know, it's so common that they all have their own motives and that's where mm-hmm. it's so twisted and 
convoluted where you don't know where each person stands. And that's so common, like within the tower. Mm -hmm. And it's also like one of the other things that it took me a minute to realize is if the person believed that it was truth, whether it was like another person's Mm. truth or not, they could still say it as true. And so that's like, and we experience that as humans where like we believe something so strongly mm-hmm. that to us this is total truth. I love those those intricacies that yeah. like, show up throughout. Yeah, the book. it's so complex. And we should probably mm-hmm. talk about like what the Terre Angriol actually are because this is kind of um this is something when I first started reading, it kind of confused me. And I had to, you know, go back and look things up because these um there, a terrangrial is basically just an object, but through this object, um, women or men that can channel can experience um, basically more power, or um, they can it, it, it allow you to do different things. And yeah, a lot of the time, these um, objects look like normal everyday things, mm-hmm. but um, they can basically like multiply the power of like someone's channeling like exponentially. So, well, I think that's actually the Angrion saw Angrion. Uh, okay, that, okay. But it's the Tarangrion. Like some of them, you don't even need the power to use, right? But they are created with the power. Right. So, like the Oathrod, the uh, arches that people mm-hmm. go through for the accepted. There's something similar later on in one of the books yeah. that does the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're power made, but they don't necessarily need the power to use. Right. I think the oath rod you need the power to use because they have to yeah. like there's some I think it's spirit that gets used and then it binds the person mm-hmm. to the three oaths. So it's it's something that you can use to make something else happen. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like the power, like the power to make these things was lost. So right. the only yeah. ones that they have in this world is all that's left. So they're they're yeah. really important. And a lot of people want to get their hands on them. So yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't even know what they were originally made for. Oh my God. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say any names, but they're at one point in the book. Someone, one of our characters, finds like a cache of these objects and Uh they're trying to figure out what they actually do. And I've had to Google this question so many times and there's like ridiculous, ridiculous answers online. But this character (laughs) finds one of these objects and basically does something so extremely embarrassing that everyone that was there won't talk about it. And won't tell them what happened. So some of these objects can do really weird things. But if, mm-hmm. if anyone listening knows what I'm talking about, I need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know more. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Because I had asked. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I think we we talked about it in one of our phone conversations not too long ago. Um, and I don't even know if I know completely. So I would definitely be interested in hearing other people's opinion about like yeah. what this is. What and what happened? We'll, <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday we'll have like we'll get to it in the books. And then when that part comes, we'll be able to like talk more about it. But I think we're trying really hard to stay yeah. as spoiler yeah. today. <laughs> as we do today. Cause 
like Rakapa Sedai says, we don't want to spoil the books for you because you really don't want us to do that. You really no. need to dig in no. and read these books on your own. And if we talked about it, you would just be like, I don't understand what's happening anyway. So it's just better for us to like try to avoid spoiling stuff as much as possible. Yeah, and if you if you don't know what we're talking about, Recapa Sedai does these amazing YouTube videos, and we're both so huge fans. <laughs> it's so funny I feel so weird sitting in my room like listening and watching her videos and like I'm just sitting there cracking up and my husband and my older son are like I don't I don't know (laughs) you you haven't read the books you have no idea like they don't even understand why Rakapa Sedai is an absolutely hilarious name yeah like it's so (laughs) perfect so perfect I absolutely love it. I look forward to every video that comes out from Macapa Sedai. Same. It's so funny. Same. Yeah. I'm so glad that you sent that to me. I would never have found it without you. And it has been an utter delight. She's a light in these trying times. (laughs) Right. Which is kind of one of the reasons why we decided to do this too, is like, good Lord, there are enough really heavy things happening. Let's do something a little lighthearted. A little yeah. Not that the series is entirely lighthearted. Yeah, there's, but there's some pretty dark things. <laughs> oh my god, ever. This is not like, this is not a happy fantasy series where, you know, you know, skipping through a field of daisies. There are some horrible, <laughs> awful things that happen, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. let that like not you should you shouldn't let that not, you know, block you from wanting mm-hmm. to read the series because it's it's so good. <laughs> It's so worth it. It's so worth it. And I think it adds like that layer of intensity that yeah. just makes the series so good is that it can be so dark. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So there are the Tier Angriol. Tier Angriol? Is that how we say it? Tier Angriol. Yeah, that's. Um, so those are that. And then the Angriol and Sa Angriol are the objects that amplify the amount of power you can draw from the one or from the true source mm-hmm. true source one power mm-hmm. one power um and and the saw oh go ahead sorry. No, i was just gonna say some of them only men can use and some of them only women mm-hmm. can use so that's yes a yeah distinction and i think it's much more rare for the ones that men can be used to be found like mm-hmm. it seems like most of the ones that have been found and i mean maybe that's because at this point like it's only women who can channel safely right um and so, like, it it kind of makes sense that the majority mm-hmm. of the ones that are known to do a certain thing are for women. Right. So I think that kind of makes sense. But they're, they're definitely, like, one of my favorite – I can't even talk about it. I want to talk about it so much. <laughs> like, one of the Andreals that is uncovered early in the, in the series, and I love it when it happens. And we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard to do a spoiler-free thing when you've read it and you're like, there are so many good parts. There are so many good parts. And I don't even really know if there are any particular Angriel or Saw Angriel that we could mention without like talking about how mm-hmm. they've been found and what they've been used for. And I think as far as we can go, we can pretty much say that they're super rare and the tower keeps mm-hmm. them under lock and key, basically. Because yeah. it's it's just too much power. And if it gets into the wrong hands, then, you know. It's not good. Yep. And It's not good. And, and another thing is, depending on what your Aja is, which we'll get into, like some of these 
some of these Crown Creole work better for women who belong in certain ajas. So mm -hmm. we could probably just go ahead and get to that. Yeah, get into the ajas. Yeah. Let's do it. You, do you um, start with the blue because you're a blue? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Um, but before I think before we do that, so like every woman who becomes an Aes Sedai, there are seven groups of women and they all choose their Aja based off of what the Aja does. Right. Like what they're known to right. do. And there, so there's the blue, brown, gray, green, white, red, yellow. Correct. And so they're they're known by their colors. So the blue Aja is one of the smallest Ajas and it concerns itself with justice, causes, and saving the world. So this is totally me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and other Ajas uh, often see the blues as so ready to save the world that they lose themselves. And that's also me. Um, they, they have a cause uh, and they're willing to die they have for a cause. it no matter what. Exactly. And that's exactly Moraine too. Yeah. Like Moraine the blue. Yeah, the blue. She's perfect mm -hmm. for what she does and how she sinks into what she does. Um, and so I just, I would totally be a blue. I may or may not have taken a quiz online. That <laughs> <laughs> also confirmed that for me. Too, and I did not get what I wanted at all. No. So what did you get? I got, um, oh my gosh, I got a, a gray, a mix between gray and red. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and no. I, I don't like the red. So this is, yeah. But I could see you making a good gray. I, yeah, I think I could do a gray. Yeah. Do we want to do we want to do gray next so that people know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the gray is devoted to meditation and seeking consensus, familiar with the laws of every land in order to be a successful like mediator. So these are like mm -hmm. the lawyers of the Aja world. <laughs> like they're familiar, <laughs> you know, with all of the laws and when, you know, kings or queens want to make treaties or deals They'll, you know, send away for one of the sisters that are in the gray Aja to kind of like help them, you know, proceed with this process. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of just, um, you know, and that's another scary thing when you're thinking about how powerful these um, Aes Sedai are that kings and queens are like, help us make treaties, help us, you know, mm -hmm. make pacts with other rulers. So it's a very powerful position. And then the brown, I think I would make a good you brown would. too. You would. I would. The, the librarians of the Aja. I know, right? <laughs> I'm I'm a history major and my favorite place is always the library. Um, in fact, that was one of the things that I ended up missing the most. When you, when when like, you told me that you were a blue, I almost, I almost wanted to say, no, I think you could be a brown. You're a history major. <laughs> I feel like you would be very bookish and comfortable yeah. in this setting. <laughs> I really, I really love a good library and I really love digging into research. It's one of my favorite things to do. Like still, I'm always digging into something that, I don't know, is mildly obscure if I can make it happen. And I was really flattered that the majority of my professors always were like, you come up with such good topics to do for papers. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't want to be boring. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to give you something good to read. Something so new. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'd be really good at like hanging out in the, and I mean, I'm going to school for museum studies, which yeah. also like leads into archiving and preservation of 
information. So you're, yeah, I would. You're a you're a blue brown. <laughs> I'm a little bit of both. I would have had a really hard time deciding. I think. Uh, so the brown dedicates itself to knowledge. Uh, some Browns seek to study whatever catches their interest. Others focus solely on trying to find knowledge that has been lost. Uh, and within the White Tower, which is where like the Aes Sedai hang out and they do all their things, mm-hmm. um, it's the Browns who run the Tower Library, which I believe is known as like the most expansive library in the world. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's got the best collection and it's got all the things. All of the history of this world is there. Yeah. They're really picky about like, who can take stuff out mm-hmm. and like, will they let you take something out or not? Which I totally get. Like if something is like a scrap of material and you only have mm-hmm. one of it, you're not going to let some novice <laughs> run off with that shit. You're going to tell them they can stay there and they can read it. If they're even allowed in the library. I bet they're not. The novices even I doubt it. Right? I bet it's like Harry Potter, like, like the, the um, lock section. The restricted yeah. section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> novices out. Too bad for you. Okay, so then green is the next. green, the green. <laughs> so I think, you know, like deep down inside of me, I want to be in the green Aja, but I, I don't know if I'm that, I don't know if I'm so hardcore. Um, so, so the green is the battle Aja. So like the badasses, basically, it's the second largest Aja and they are ready and prepared for Tarman Gaiden. So quick you know, I'm going to step aside here and explain Tarman Gaiden because that's like the final battle. That's, you know, like the day of reckoning against the big bad, the dark one. <laughs> so this is a whole Aja that is just preparing for like the end of days and they're, you know, ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Although some sisters think the greens are simply interested in clothing. And this is according to one of our characters in the story, even those who really are frail on the surface were cold steel inside so like these women are I, I think they kind of present themselves as like a little bit more fancy and you know mm-hmm. they like their clothes and can we bring up Christian Avasarala again because <laughs> yes, always <laughs> I don't know if, you know if anyone listening watched this but her outfits are amazing mm. and this is something so in you know the wheel of time tv show that i am so excited to see how they do the, the costumes yeah me too. so that's that's yeah. the green aja and they also they're the only aja that will bond more than one warder, warder. we'll get into what a warder is yeah there, but it's important to know <laughs> yeah it is because like I think that that's one of the things that I find really interesting about the greens is like they trail around with their like pack of warders. Yeah. And I think that's what I would like about being a green is I could just have my own deadly mm-hmm. posse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always looking out for me. <laughs> yeah. But how do they keep, how do they keep them straight? I don't, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about warders okay. because it's such an interesting yeah. thing that they do. Um, so then the next one that we have is the red. Wah, wah. <laughs> right? I was like, the, red. the reds are kind mm. of awful. I mean, they really are. I mean, it's a, it's a, who would want that job anyways? So the reds have to, um, they're one of the seven Ajas and they are devoted to preventing the breaking of the world, which, okay, yeah. I guess that's cool. Um, <laughs> They carry out their duty by hunting down men who can channel and gentling them. And we have to explain mm-hmm. what gentling is, which is kind of sad. Um, 
So yeah. we had explained earlier that men that can gentle, um, they, they usually kind of go crazy after a while since using the one power, it, it's tainted and they get sick as, you know, they progress like using and learning how to channel. Yeah, they go mad. Yeah. Like they lose their mind, literally. Yeah. And um, the reds are basically just there to make sure that these men that are extremely powerful that can channel don't end up, you know, going crazy and hurting everyone around them. So they go around and they find these men and basically lock them up. And the term they use for taking the power away is called gentling, which sounds really nice and low-key, but it's actually horrible. And after someone is gentle, they usually go crazy anyways, because it's, I mean, it's the equivalent of being like someone like operating on you without anesthesia and like cutting off all your arms and legs. If you have the power to channel, it's so ingrained and deep inside of you that it's, it's part of who you are. So when they take that away, they don't live very long afterwards. And it's a really sad, (laughs) it's a sad. It is really sad. It is. And I mean, the reds think that it's necessary and I completely understand that because like, the men who, because there used to be men and women, I said I, right. but when the taint happened on Sadine, it turned it so that men touching it, like there was that, that gross evil mm-hmm. on it and it made all of them go crazy. And there were so many of them at the same time that this happened to at the same mm-hmm. time that they basically what is it like the breaking of the world happened right, at that right. time so like this huge group of men went nuts and they can mm-hmm. use this incredible strong power and they just just basically destroyed everything because they went crazy like uh, it's a really bad situation so the reds you know they have a purpose and we get it but it's it's not a job that you want you know and usually these no. women i mean they they're kind of um the stereotype is like they hate men which yeah they don't have orders they're like the only mm. group of ajas that do not have orders right. and then we can probably go on to the white i do love the white i think they're i think they're nice <laughs> I, I like them yeah it's sometimes really hard to decide that you would want to be just one because there are so many there are like oh i could i feel that i could do that mm-hmm. so yeah White are devoted to philosophy and the search for truth. Uh, the prototype white sister displays icy serenity at all times, described as emotionless and dispassionate. And the white Aja pride themselves in their dispassionate logic. Okay. So they look ever- they're like they're like the yeah. Buddha of the Ajas. You know what I mean? <laughs> they cannot be phased by anything. Nothing can Mm-mm. nothing can upset them. They're just you know. They're they're cold. <laughs> they're cold. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I cannot be a white is that I get too. I feel too much. Emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel too like, many. I cry too much. I get angry too easily. I wouldn't be able to like keep cool about anything. I'm terrible about stuff like that. I would just no. I couldn't be a white. But the the whites that are in the books are. That's how they're described usually as like being cold or being distant yeah. or dispassionate they, I think yeah is they like never the show their part. emotions so you you can't really tell where they stand which makes them even more like mysterious <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, and then yellow. Oh, I think that's our last. I love word. the yellow. Okay. Oh, you man. So the yellow are like the healers. They um they technically devote themselves to finding new cures to illnesses. Many of the sisters believe that the method that exists now is ideal and have used the same method for as long as can be remembered. But as we'll see later on in the series, some some things might change. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The yellows are kind of like, you know, like the doctors and nurses of the Ajas. They basically mm-hmm. just lay your, their hands on someone and know like, oh, he was poisoned or, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Like, and can fix it. Like big wounds they can take care of. Like if someone's sick, they can mm-hmm. take care of it. I think it's like anything short of death, you're supposed to be right. able to heal. And that kind of like. But he, but healing I mean, does take something out of them. So like after they heal someone, yes. they can become very weak. So it, it takes a lot of like power out of them. So they're kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, they're dedicated to like helping people that have been injured, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> so this would be like, I think we've already mentioned that I would want to be blue. Mm-hmm. I would, what about you? If if I were an Aes Sedai, if I wasn't um, in this world, if I didn't have a choice and I wasn't an Aes Sedai, I think I would be yellow. Just because, yeah. um, I mean, I would I would love to be green and be like out there on the battlefield, but I don't know. I'm not like mm-hmm. that coordinated. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would need like a giant group of warders, but at the same time... Ooh, so uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go with yellow just because I like that aspect of helping people and, you know, just being there to like cure people of things that would hurt them. And yeah, yeah, they're they're the helpful. I would think in some ways they're almost a battle Aja in a different yeah. way. Like if you're going to have a battle. There's got to be a medic on the field. Exactly. Yeah. And what better medic than a yellow mm-hmm. Aes Sedai? Right. You know? So maybe maybe you're still a battle Aja. You're a battle Aja for health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. And I think I I think it's such a cool thing to focus on is like the health and well being of others. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of I think out of all of the Ajas, it's the most self sacrificing. Yeah. Except for maybe the blues who like dedicate their lives to like specific causes. Like I would say that they're they're fairly similar in that regard. Blues are on the road for years and years, just you know, how awful. Like they they don't have they almost don't have a home. They just are constantly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's mentioned in the book several times by like other Aes Sedai how often Moraine is away from the tower and that that's not the best thing for right. her or for her fellow sisters and that she should be spending more time there. And like, she's like, but guys, I'm a blue. <laughs> I have things I need to get yeah. out there and take care of. So I think, I think those two would probably be like the most self-sacrificing of the the group. Like they're just looking for things in a different way. Yeah. I think I, one of the reasons that I really like the yellow is because when you get further into the books um probably my favorite character is a yellow so that might um possibly <laughs> sway me might, yeah like, yeah like it might be what's kind of pushing right. you in that direction right. a little bit yeah 
I get it. Um, and we would love to hear from anyone who wants to share with us, like what Aja they would choose yes. um, and why. Yeah. Like, I think that would be really fun to kind of share with people because you're a guy. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you're a guy and this is something that you've thought about, like, we want to hear from you too. Like, it doesn't have to just be women on this. Like, we're open to everything. Um, And then I know, like, we're we're recording through Anchor um, and launching through there. Well, we're not recording through there. We're actually using a different software for that. But Anchor offers... um, a way for you to leave a voice message for us. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes so that you can like click on it and leave us a message. And that would be amazing. Awesome. Right. The the idea of sharing this with other people is one of the things that's so fun about doing this. I wake up every day excited to talk about it. And and it's no joke. (laughs) It's no joke. Me too. I open up my phone and I'm like, Ooh, I have a message from Amber. (laughs) We're going to be talking real time again today and podcast creation today. And it's just lovely. I love it. Um, So like, go ahead. I was going to say like, like countries have Kings and Queens that I said, I have somebody like who looks over them or is like the leader. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Um, And the, the Amberlin seat. The Amarland seat is like the, I mean, it's technically like not a king or queen, but they elect someone to basically be their, um, like a president kind of, you know, they, it's. Like they, they oversee Mm -hmm. a lot of the things they like direct in a lot of ways, what the tower does and who can do what, like they're kind of like the like the buck stops yeah. here, you know, if that makes sense. And depending like, on what yeah. Aja they were, because once you become the Amarlin seat, you're no longer a part of an Aja anymore. You're wearing, um, I love this about the Amarlin seat, but they basically have to wear like a rainbow shawl. So it's like every color of the Aja. So I'm like, yeah, okay. So they've got this um, fancy rainbow shawl and they've kind of like given up their Aja, but Technically, I wouldn't say that's true because depending on what Aja you were, when you become the Amarlin mm-hmm. seat, like your goals kind of get pushed to the front of the line. So yeah. it's it's very important and, to know what Aja the Amarlin seat was from. Yeah, I think it definitely influences the way they end up looking at how they direct the tower. Um, and there's also, so it is in a way you're right about how it's like president mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause then you would have the president, yes. vice president and in, in the wheel of time, the vice president for the <laughs> chronicles. And so she's like the number mm-hmm. two and, um, it, aren't they always chosen from the usually, same? Usually they're chosen from yeah. the same Aja. So if you're a blue and you become the Amarlin seat, then your Keeper of Chronicles is also a blue. But that's not yeah. in every in every case, but for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Like you want somebody who's With your like, agenda. <laughs> yeah. They have the same way of thinking and looking at things that you do. It would just make it mm-hmm. easier to have everybody on the same page. Um, and then let's see here. Do we do we want to talk about Swan? Yeah. I was going to say, I think the next thing we should do is talk about like 
who who's the Amaralyn C? Yeah, when you like, when you start out in the series, um, you don't really you don't really know. I think until book two about the Amaralyn C. And in the yeah. beginning, um, our Amarlin is Swan Sanche, and she is a badass. <laughs> She's kind of crotchety and angry and just mm-hmm. like degaff in nature. Um, she She's super forceful. Yeah, definitely. Like even, even without like having the power, you can tell that she like – she's yeah. scrappy. And she had to be because like she was – the son or the daughter of a fisherman yeah. in Tyr, which is one of the countries in the the Wheel mm-hmm. of Time series. And so she was poor. She had to like figure shit mm-hmm. out on her own. She had to fight for herself if she wanted things. And like what I think is so funny about her is how often she uses like fish yeah. terms. Yeah. Ship, like yeah. there's, there's, terms to there's like Swan Sanche isms. Like littered yeah. throughout the book <laughs> and I don't know how many times I've read her saying like fish guts <laughs> like that's, her, that's right? her like favorite curse word is like oh fish guts and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's so good like she's definitely she's another one of my favorites just for like her she's very single-minded yeah. she, is it and she's but she was focused. a blue correct okay she was blue mm-hmm and so was the keeper of the chronicles it's Leanne Sharif, yeah, I believe is how you say her name. Um, she doesn't really like we don't get as much of her early in the story, yeah, as you of of Swan. And so, (laughs) but you know, like, what are you doing about later on, Leon? Oh my god, like, she has some amazing moments, amazing moments, Mm -hmm. but we won't get into that, yeah. Yeah, but like when when you first meet her, she's kind of like very yeah, crisp, like you know. Like everything about her is like like she's just I don't know. There's almost a, a and I don't think they describe this this way, but there's almost like this militant mm-hmm. strictness to the way that she yeah. approaches things. Like she just does not feel like the super approachable feminine kind of woman. Like she's all business yeah. all yeah. the time, and so she's a really great companion to Swan, which like she's the same way or she's really forceful. She's just, I think she's much more seen in the books than Leanne is until a little later yeah. on. And then. Yeah. Yeah. We and then Leanne. Like, <laughs> like, yep. We have to leave it there. Stop spoiling yeah. it for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think we can move on to the warders now, which I'm excited yeah. about because this is a really interesting topic. I think. And technically, like when yeah. we were talking about, well, what what Aja would you prefer? You know, what would you be? And I would love like to say like, oh, I want to be a green. I want to be like in the battle. But um, something something that these um, these I said I have are men called warders. They're typically always men, always, and they're like the Jason Stathams and, you know, the, like, (laughs) the Bruce Lees of, you know, the Wheel of Time. They're just these men that are, like, amazing, badass fighters, and they're super stealthy, you know, like, they're really quiet and really deadly, and um, 
what happens is I believe this is with the one true power, they bond themselves to an Aes Sedai. And what that means is they can feel each other's emotions and um, pain, basically. So if one of them gets hurt, you know, they feel it. And this, I think, is the reason why I couldn't be a green because I have like a tender heart and I can't imagine like being bonded to someone and losing them because it destroys them. And this is something that um, is mentioned throughout the books. But if a warder dies, their Aes Sedai is just filled with grief and it's grief to make them never want to bond another warder again. It would be like losing your child, basically, or, you know, someone that you're so connected with. And so um, in the opposite situation, if your if the warder's Aes Sedai is killed, they go into rage mode, like just um, they, it, they become completely single-minded and focused on revenge of whoever, you know, hurt their Aes Sedai. And, you know, it, it's not a, um, it's not a healthy, healthy situation maybe because it, it's so um, like emotion fueled. And um, another thing that's really important in this bonding process is that it has to be consensual. And we hear a lot, throughout these books is bonding without consent is the equivalent to rape basically in books. So um, that's just another thing because it's so um, sacred, basically. It's such a sacred process. That's one of the things about being a green that I don't think I could do is have that many people's emotions and lives tied to mine. Could you imagine feeling seven different people's like, feelings on top of your own no. i couldn't do it oh, yeah all at the same time. i feel enough that sounds okay exhausting. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't need that thank you very much but no and then like the warders also receive kind of like heightened oh yes senses because they're bonded so they they don't tire as quickly they like have like i want to say like they're faster yeah, or something yeah. like they just have a little bit more powerful, faster, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like one of the things that I really like are the warders cloaks that are basically like magical camouflage that make them look like they like blend into any surrounding that they're in. I can't wait to see how they're going to do that in the show. How are they going to do that in the show? Green screen, maybe. (laughs) How do you do that though? (laughs) They basically can disappear. I mean, that's one of their yeah. attributes. They're sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> yep. And they they train at the tower with other blade masters. So they like I think one of the things that I also like about the series is the fact that it's like it's so focused on what feels like medieval yeah. weaponry. So crossbows and mm-hmm. longbows and swords and spears and quarterstaffs and things like that. I love yes. the weapon system in the book. And like warders are known for being like they're deadly. They're deadly. Like even if they don't have a sword in their hands, they're gonna kick your ass. Like you're done. You could, should probably just yeah. set down your weapon and walk away mm-hmm. and admit defeat because you'll mm-hmm. die otherwise. Like, and they will do anything to protect their Aes Sedai, which like Moraine's warder is mm-hmm. Lan, and that relationship 
relationship is just, I don't know. It's really kind of incredible as you like read through it. And I'm really eager to get to New Spring where like yes. Moraine Bonds land because I haven't read that yet. And we're going to talk about yeah. that in a second too. But like, I just think that Warder Aes Sedai connection is fascinating. And I mean, there's definitely like moments where um, certain characters recognize how vital it is to mm-hmm. have a warder even if you are someone who can channel the one power because sometimes you'll be in a situation where doing that would be dangerous right. to yourself so having someone who's got your back mm-hmm. all the time heck yeah i want one of those yeah. that would be awesome okay so we've covered warders that's it is there anything else i'm scrolling through here i think we've we've got it all i mean we covered a lot today covered a lot today yeah it was good though it was fun i liked it i really like doing this so you should wrap it up yeah basically yeah. i mean i just want to say um <laughs> thanks for listening this is our very first episode <laughs> and we are extremely excited mm-hmm. um, please leave us messages please email us um our email is road to tarvalin all one word at gmail mm-hmm and you can find our um, podcast on every platform, as far as I know of. It'll be on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I think Stitcher too, um, but I'll have to double check that. Um, and we're going to be launching shows once a week, um, so you can come back and hang out with us again in the future. And we're going to do something a little different. Most of the recaps that we've followed so far all start with the first book. So with the eye of the world, which totally makes sense. We got it. (laughs) But Jordan wrote a prequel and it's called New Spring. And it is set like 20 years before the start of the world. Yeah. And so it gives like a lot of background on what happens, especially with Moraine and Swan Sanche. And I think. Lan. I think Land is in there, and I think Tam Thor might be in there too. <gasps> Shut up! Yeah, Tam, Tam's the man. He's so cool. <laughs> I want Tam as a dad, right? Like he's such a badass, and you don't even know it until like no. later on in the book series. Like what? A, what an incredible person he actually yeah. is. Um, so we're gonna do that. So next week we're gonna cover the first two chapters of New Spring, and we're gonna do mm-hmm. a recap. Um, and we're probably going to set this up in a way where like we just recap those two chapters without talking about anything that happens later on in the books or how it's connected later on in the books. But mm-hmm. then we'll break it up and do a like potentially spoiler heavy section of yeah. the podcast where we'll talk about how it feeds into mm-hmm. the later books. Because I think this is going to be a really great way for people who maybe haven't read the books yet or have and maybe haven't touched on New Spring to get more background information that they might not have yeah. yet. And plus, like, if everybody's doing Eye of the World right now, you might as well start with a little something different for yeah. I think that'll be really fun. And I think what's interesting is because with the show coming out, we don't really know where they're starting. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the casting. So, I mean, we've got you know, most of our main characters there, but we don't know exactly how they're going to incorporate all of this background. So Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe this will be a little bit something, a little something different. And yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. Oh, and we're on Twitter. 
We right? are on Twitter. Yeah. At, at Road to Tarvalin. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that. And I think it's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> By the way, the Twitter of Time community is amazing. Really? <laughs> we love you. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> I'm into it more. I'm so terrible about social media. And I did create a Twitter account just for this. But truth be told, I don't remember what my name is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so again, get in touch with us. Leave us a message. Help us on this journey. We really want to have a good time with you. Um, and we want to build something really fun and community built because that's what the Wheel of Time world feels like. is like yeah. really community heavy. So I love that. All right. So we're going to say that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Safe travels and walk walk in the the light. light.